What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Release the Ape podcast. My name is Bo Corsetto. This is Linson Daniel. You can catch us on YouTube. You can also catch us on any of the audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever. So please subscribe, share, listen there. And hey, we are starting a new series on Gen Z evangelism, the dystopian worldview. And some of you who are listening for the first time are like, dystopia what? Um, (laughs) Go back, listen to our first episode in this season on dystopia, because we unpack it and why we think it's such an important thing to understand if we're going to relate to and resonate with Gen Z and our younger population and how to just do good evangelism and talk about Jesus in a helpful way with those people. But for a just very simple way to explain dystopia, what we mean by that, I'm going to just give you a different definition. The meaning of dystopia is an imagined world or society in which people lead wretched, dehumanized, fearful lives. And I know that's that's a crazy um, definition, super intense. But you can see that in movies like um, Hunger Games. You can see that in a show like Squid Games. It's this worldview that just there isn't hope. You feel stuck. Um, There's only really one way out. People are controlling you. And it's kind of a depressing, anxious state where what you see in front of you or in the material world just isn't delivering. And and you start to slip into a worldview that says, I just don't know if, if things will deliver here. And we've been talking about this idea of slipping into a dystopian worldview when you just feel like, I don't know if I can get ahead like my parents or my grandparents or previous generations, things look bleak. And so we talked a lot about that in the first episode and muse about it. What we want to do today is we actually want to get into a Bible story with you and talk through this idea of a dystopian worldview. And like, how would you talk about scripture to someone in that worldview or someone that feels that way? How would you look at scripture and connect with them in a way that resonates and helps them see Jesus is for them. Because if we're coming to them with too much optimism, or we're coming to them with a different angle or energy, they're going to tune us out if we're not resonating or connecting with them in their felt need. So what we're going to do today, I'm going to share with you a a rubric that I've been using for the last 10 years uh, that I learned in grad class that helps me preach a narrative style of preaching And we are going to walk through that rubric through this passage of scripture and just muse with you how we would unpack a Bible story uh, through a dystopian worldview, but using this rubric. So let me share with that real quickly, and then I'm going to kick it over to Linson uh, to start our formal discussion. So you should be able to see this right here. My bad. Let me get this uh, up. But this is the rubric. And um, this is called narrative preaching. And, and my professor, Lon Allison at a grad school at Wheaton taught us this. He, he liked to preach in scenes. And so what we want to talk about first is this idea of a felt need and a creational need, which, which we want to do all the time, no matter who you're talking about, no matter which generation you're talking to, you want to connect well with the felt need and the creational need. But as we start, Linson, why don't you um, talk for a minute What are some of the felt needs of someone that's slipping into a dystopian worldview? Like, what does that look like? How would you start out uh, a small group Bible study or even an open opening story of a talk uh, connecting with the felt need 
of a dystopian worldview or someone that is feeling stuck or like the future is not bright. Yeah. Thanks, Bo. Thanks for framing up the episode too. Um, yeah. Let's talk about felt needs for a person that might be in a dystopian worldview. Uh, right off the bat, they are surrounded by crisis, like on every level. And it is uh, a, a crumbling sense of uh, everything that maybe they held onto as dear before, or that something that they had trusted in before it begins to crumble. Right. And that leads to a sense of um, you and I were talking about last week. Now that the things that were constant, now you can't chart a course forward. And because now you can't predict um, and, and control what, what's next in your life, um, things begin to be, move into chaos and crisis. And, and, and you cannot be you can't have a sense of a way out, which then leads to no hope. Right. And once you live in a place of no hope, uh, uh, fear begins to rise up in a person. So, so their felt need at the t- at that moment is they would love stability, they would love to, they would love control, they would love um, a sense of hope. They would, they would, uh, and they would like to have a fear uh, abated, right? And so all of these things are swimming around them, and you know. For a person like, say, right now, a Gen Z student, you know, we've talked about the student loan crisis, right? The housing market crisis, um, the the crisis around a marriage. And what does it even mean to be married anymore? Uh, A crisis, a a reckoning around racism um, and kind of social crisis, right? So um, and then uh, even a a sense of a, a vocational crisis. I mean, uh, the the pandemic and technology has created such an upheaval that a lot of young people don't even know what to do with their life. I mean, uh, occupations like being a doctor and a lawyer, which were like what we thought would, would maybe, or even a small business owner now are like fraught with peril, you know? So, uh, so in, in, in a uh, kind of literary sense, a dystopia is a place where you're, you have a great fear of the outside world. Uh, you, you even a trust with the natural order of the world, like nature and things like that, are distrusted. We have an environmental crisis, right? Uh, citizens are afraid that they are in constant surveillance with uh, Google or uh, whatever the social dilemma. Uh, you know, that's a great uh, um, you know documentary if you want to watch it. Propaganda is constantly used around us. Uh, there's an expectation that we all should believe the same thing. You know, one side is right, the other side is right. So you can kind of see, I can keep going and going and going. Like there is, uh, then there's the war right now in Ukraine that's really caused a, a huge sense of despair, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're looking around this young person that is in college, you know, or younger than that. There's just no way forward, Bo. It just feels like everything around you feels like it's crashing and burning. And what happens is inside that person, anxiety, fear, um, distrust, it abounds. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Let me tap into that because what I'm thinking about when we're talking about a felt need, if you're going to be, if you're going to communicate to an audience or to a group, even in in a smaller group discussion, to connect with someone that's feeling this way, that's in that dystopian worldview that Linton's unpacking so well. We, we have to come with a realism. We have to come with, mm-hmm. with a honesty right. about things feel hard and we get where you feel this way. 
you've got to leave the optimism behind, which has been a, yeah. a breakthrough for me because I'm such an optimistic person. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, come on, what's let's go. Let's trust in Jesus. There's a better hope, but that just doesn't taste right. And the more you're understanding it, it's so important. So coming with a felt need story, I'm thinking about two clear felt needs. If you're talking to a college student, Linton's men- mentioned this, um, the, the loan crisis, how can you graduate college without crippling debt? Unless you come from an incredibly wealthy family. Um, I don't know. That's so hard. I think a lot of students would resonate with that felt need of you feel stuck and trapped financially. Like, is there a future financially for you? There's a lot of anxiety there that you could connect with around felt need. If you're talking more to a congregation um, that maybe is post-college, they're in a working world. I think you could talk about the middle-class crisis. Um, Mm -hmm. the lower class and the upper class are both growing. The middle class is shrinking. It feels almost impossible to live in in a healthy way in the, in in a middle-class way, because everything is shrinking around you, whether it comes to price increases, the housing market, um, uh, inflation, Mm -hmm. um, it, we, we can read and hear a lot about it. And so I think a lot of people that are living just above the poverty line, but aren't wealthy feel like, how do I, how do I actually live in this country with the kids that I have, the income I'm making, I have a good job and I'm barely making it. Why are so many people leaving to move to middle America? Because it's more affordable. And so I think those are felt needs you could share where people are like, Oh my gosh, you're explaining my sense of desperation, my sense of fear, my sense of anxiety. I do feel trapped. Well, the creational need then moves us to say, but it's not just you who feel stuck in the middle class. It's not just you who feel stuck in the, um, uh, the, the student loan crisis. This is something that a lot of people in our world feel. It's a creational problem. Um, we feel trapped. We feel stuck at times. We feel like we can't make it. Like, what's the hope? And what you see in Hunger Games or Squid Games um, they resort to desperate measures to try to get out. I mean, they enter into mm. those games that are deadly. Why? Because there's no other way out than to go do this risky thing um, to make it. And while some of you listening, it's like, I'm not going to go do some crazy risky thing. You might feel that way. Or that's why people yeah. are acting out in their marriages, in their careers. It's like, I'm stuck. I'm desperate. It's a creational prop. It's not just an American prom. And that's how people slip into the subject. So if that's you, we have great news for you. We, we have a story where Jesus comes in and speaks right in to a, a person's situation that feels stuck, feels hopeless, doesn't know what to do, is defeated. And then Jesus shows up. And so with that, Linson, why don't you start the conversation about this guy that we're going to meet? in John chapter five and help us start getting into his mind frame and worldview of of feeling stuck. Yeah. So remember when a person is stuck, um, you know, there, there is a, uh, an easy way to find something else to save you. Right. Uh, And, you know, the world is going to come up with things to help save you. There's gotta be a way out. Right. So we're going to construct our way out. So we're introduced to this man. Um, he is, uh, he has uh, been lame or he's an invalid and he's been that way for 38 years. I mean, it's a long time. And uh, he is surrounded by other disabled people 
the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, and they are all gathered together at the sheep gate near a pool called Bethesda. And there is some folklore around um, this pool that um, every once in a while, um, like, like an angel or something will come in and stir the waters. And as those waters get stirred, if you jump into it first, um, you will be healed, right? And so, so that's the background. So, um, so let's first, let's unpack that first. So um, what happens in dystopia? And in dystopia, uh, you are often together with others that are incapable of helping themselves, right? Um, you, you feel paralyzed, you feel blind, you feel uh, lame, and you don't know how to get well. The first thing that happens to a group of people like that, and I'm not trying to say this is one for one, uh, Bo, but you know, the preacher in all of us wants to draw some connections. First thing that happens to people in a, in a dystopia is propaganda. Propaganda mm. goes viral in a society that's crippled, right? And full of crisis, right? And propaganda is used to control citizens of society. What is maybe the propaganda here? That only, only the first can be healed. Only when the water is being stirred by the supernatural force can we be healed. And, um, and so there's a fear that you're going to not make it. There's a fear that you're not going to be the first. And it's almost like in, in, in another part of a dystopian society is that people are dehumanized in that state. So like mm -hmm. they're just kind of gathered and lumped together around a pool, around some propaganda, and each are kind of lost with their dignity, Right. They are not 100% uh, um, like uh, dignified by the world around them, right? And so there they are hoping and praying for a way out. And uh, often what happens is uh, the fear grips them. They're afraid of the outside world. They're afraid and they don't know any other way out. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. And it draws us into the world of this man that's been lame for 38 years. Um, and you kind of wonder why has he been there and why has he been like this for, for so long and how long has he been placed there at the pool of Bethesda? Yeah, I love it. I think um, this is such a great passage to enter into with an audience that feels stuck or feels negative, um, is lacking optimism because this guy has been there 38 years. He can't get in. I mean, it even says in, in verse three, that a great number of disabled people yeah. used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. I mean, the scene, right. With these colonnades around this pool, is just people are laid out and stuck. So, and so there's a lot of residents here um, with even just the, the, the length of 38 years. And mm -hmm. he's had this condition a long time. And what we know from verse four, which is a missing verse, by the way, um, it talks about the lore of these pools where, right, they would stir up and they believed it was an angel stirring it up. And if you got in first, then you were the one to be healed. So Linson even touched on it, but even kind of the, um, propaganda. The, uh, the, the, the propaganda or the mystical side of this belief of like, man, this is stirring up and I'm missing my chance. And if I'm not the first, I mean, what is the point? I'm just going to give up. I don't have anyone to help me. So can you imagine when Jesus comes in and says, do you want to get well? 
I mean, I think this is the tension right here with maybe a more optimistic generation in, in the millennials and in a less optimistic generation in Gen Z, especially around the dystopian side. Hey, don't you want to get well? Like, that's like an optimistic, positive question. And he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I have no one to help me to get in there on the water stir. I mean, and even if I did, while I'm trying to get in, even if I could get well, someone goes ahead of me like, dude, I can't get well. You've got to be kidding me. And I think a lot of people with respect to Jesus and religion right now in the younger generation are feeling like Jesus has nothing for me. This is not relevant. I don't want to be an evangelical. Maybe I'm not a conservative. Like the American church, it can't help me. Like you've got to be kidding me. And even if it could, even if it could help me, it doesn't work. Um, you yeah. Know. And like, there's a sense that like Jesus shows up and he literally gets to the center of the issue. Do you want to get well? Right. I mean, that's why everybody's there, right? They want to get well. And it's crazy. The answer of the man is, sir, I have no one to help me get into the pool. Right. And so oftentimes when uh, Jesus is asking the question, what happens? Like, you know, it's, it feels like optimism, maybe. Right. Like you were saying. So what gets spouted back? Propaganda. Mm. Like I, 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 I like can't get that. into the I can't get into the water. There's, you know, and like there are certain things in dystopia that get worshipped. Right. They get worshipped. Like, like what? There are like, for example, like um. Oftentimes there are in a dystopian society, like a figurehead um, or like will get uh, like touted up as the thing to worship. So it could be like a business leader. It could be a, a mega church pastor, like a famous church pastor. It could be a president. It could be, um, uh, you know, there's lots of things that could get propped up. This is actually this is the only hope I have is this propaganda, this thing. And, and there's an angel out there that's going to stir up the waters. So even if you want to help me, like I can't get in there. And like, I feel like Jesus is like, you know, like, that, what, why are you thinking like that? Like, why are you thinking that's the only way uh, to be made? Well, does that make sense? Um, yeah, I do. And so if we come back down to like our scenes, yeah, um, the felt need, the creational need, we're talking about a Jesus story here a little bit. I think some more of, of the Jesus story in here is that Jesus, um, sorry, my notes are uh, screwing up. So I'm going to just clear that. Um, I think what Jesus is getting in here and doing is he's, he's redirecting. Right. And I think mm. that's part of our work when we're speaking to, to, to a dystopian worldview or people that feel stuck, we don't want to try to add optimism into what they're thinking because they're going to sniff that and be like, dude, you can't what make are you talking about? better. Yeah. <laughs> but if you notice it's sneaky, he says, I have no one to get me into the pool. Yeah. Well, I think Jesus is focusing on this, this idea of a pool right here. And if you remember back in John four, right, he's talking about this living water, like he has living water that bubbles mm -hmm. up into eternal life. Like Jesus has unlimited water. And so the, the, don't let the, the imagery be lost on you in John five here, this wow. guy's focus is on a pool and Jesus in a sense is saying with your get up, pick up your mat and walk. He's saying, I don't care about your pool. I know your pool is hopeless. 
Mm. What you're putting your hope in is hopeless. Your worldview is hopeless. The things wow. you're looking at in our world, you know, a better job or debt free or getting a house, it might be hopeless. You might not be able to get that. You're right. It might be uh, mm. too much. You, you might not ever live the prosperous life that other people before you have lived. It may be different. You're right. But I'm not here to talk about that pool. I'm here to invite you into my living water. Wow. Jesus offers a redirection, the kingdom of God. He gets experienced literal healing. Well, he gets experienced the ocean of healing, which is Jesus. And our invitation to a pessimistic, disgruntled, um, depressed, or anxious worldview is, yeah, man, I get it. That That's a tough place to be in. And your fears are real. There is a different pool. There's a different hope. Come live in it. Not to be cliche, but it's not of this world. I mean, mm. it's not. It is a different hope in living world, living water. It is the kingdom of God. And I'm not going to try to slap Christianity onto your pool or onto your worldview. No, that I get it. That's not going to be helpful. You need a new pool and you're looking at them right in the eyes. Man. And then Jesus just straight, straight up, almost like, you know, the guy's like, I'm not going to be able to get there first. And Jesus is like, okay, just get up, <laughs> pick up your mat at and walk. And there's all, I love what you said, Bo. I mean, Jesus is like another pool. I mean, he's an ocean of healing and at hearing that word, right. At hearing his hope, right. Like he right. heard it. Like Jesus spoke right into the dystopia. I mean, there were lots of people there, but there was one word. For him at that moment, he heard, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Like the thing that he's been hoping and praying for, he heard, spoke to him. And at once, right, you know, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he starts to walk. I mean, he literally gets right out of the dis the place of dystopia, right? Yeah. Um, and and I think to, to reiterate for our viewers or people listening on the podcast, you do this with any generation. You do this with any message. There's all, Jesus is always an interrupter. He he's redirecting that's, that's repentance, right? We're walking in a new direction. What we're trying to show you here is how do you do that with a dystopian worldview? You, you enter into the negativity of the worldview and, and really the depression. And I, I don't mean to make light of it at all. Like it's a depressing worldview. Like people are really scared. They feel hopeless. It's real. I'm not putting it down. I'm not making light of it. Like you, you may feel like this guy, but the invitation is still to a greater reality. That's that's outside of that. Can you choose to hope in a different kingdom or a different person? I'm not asking you to hope in this world, and think that it might get better. I'm never going to promise you that at all. There's a yeah. different pool. And I, I think, and you let us know in the comments, I think that's the way I would talk about it through, through John five is, Hey, let's go to a new pool. Are you open to that? Can you even go there? What if there was a different way out? Look, hunger games offers a way out. Squid games offers a way out. Jesus does too. And it doesn't lead to everyone getting murdered if they don't take the wrong step. It leads I mean, to flourishing life. There you go. And that's the flourishing thing that's happening here. He actually, the, the greatest longing and desire is actually not to get in the pool. The longing and desire is to walk. And so Jesus says, you don't need to pursue the pool. 
You don't need to get first into the pool. The being first is not the problem here. You don't you can't walk. And right. so then now he he walks, but the the crazy thing is remember in a dystopian worldview, citizens or people who live in it have to all believe the same thing. Like it's not going to work. So your individuality, your sense of like I can walk now is going to be like suppressed. Yeah. I mean, look what happens to him as soon as he gets up and walks. I mean, he's like literally like faced by uh i believe the jewish leaders of the day it's saying like look it's the sabbath you can't even you're, you can't you're not allowed to carry your mat and walk around you know the dude has just been healed and he faces the rest of the dystopia which is hey you have to there you have to conform to our expectations you're you're, you're constantly under surveillance you know it's like that whole shroud is still there but the dude just came to life. He finally met Jesus and he's walking around, but he's still covered in that space. And that is another thing that we're going to have to continue to work on is even though we meet Jesus, he's given us a way out. We are still living in that sense of dystopia. And we have to continue to trust that Jesus is going to bring and awaken people from that, that place of darkness. And even after we're delivered, we're going to face people who's going to say, Actually, you can't do that. You know, what do you mean you can't do that? The dude has been healed, right? And he's walking yeah. around. Does that, does that make sense, Bo? I love it. Yeah. Um, for the sake of time, let's move us on. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about a Jesus story. The listener's deeper story, just to talk about it for a minute, that's where you dip back down into your audience and you say, look, don't we all feel stuck? Don't, don't we all have ways where we feel like there's no hope or we've, we've put our hope in something that cannot deliver? whether it's the pool can't deliver or someone's always getting ahead of us. Someone's always getting that promotion. Someone else is always getting that scholarship. There's someone wealthier than us. Always like we feel stuck. We feel cheated. We feel like everyone else has it, but I don't. Um, We all feel that way. You know, we're, it's not just the man. It's all of us at different points feel like I'm stuck and my pool doesn't work or someone else gets ahead of me how the heck could I ever advance? How could I ever get healthy? How could I ever make it? What's the point? And then you slip. You might not be in a dystopia yet, but then you slip to a dystopia. There's no point. But Jesus, the dystopia uh, breaker or the dystopia (laughs) disruptor moves us to the Jesus story. And he says, not only can you walk now, but John five is a sign that points to the greater reality of the cross. And there is going to be a greater pool. It's a pool of his blood and the pool of his blood that will be shed on that cross is not only going to help people walk and have healing and have power. It's going to cover the sins of humanity. It's going to make you spiritually healthy. It's going to make you spiritually walk. It's going to make you right with God. And when he rises to death out of that grave, the Jesus story says, not only can this man walk right now, Everyone can walk into eternal life, into the father's presence, because Jesus has made a way and he will be able to look at every single one of us and say, you can be well spiritually, physically, he can heal. Why? Because of what he did on the cross, because of his resurrection, that is the Jesus story. That's what we need to believe. The resurrection is the real hope that all of us need to believe in. There is a new pool. It's not of this world. We cannot trust in this world. 
We're stupid to trust in this world. You are right to distrust this world. You are right to be jaded about this world. In a new world, which Jesus is creating, it's called the kingdom of God, and he will come back to bring us into fully with his return. That is our hope. That's where we anchor ourselves. That's where we can have joy. That's where we can have optimism. That's where we can have faith. That's where we can have whole life. That is the Jesus story that he invites us into. And the invitation is simply, will you turn from a dystopian worldview that is fearful and is scary and is dehumanized and is depressing to one that is of the kingdom of God that is here now and will come fully in the end. Amen. There you go. Jesus disrupts dystopia. The dystopia disruptor. Hey, you want to add on to that? I know I just kind of like preached us into the end. I want to give my life to Jesus, man. Jesus comes into the dystopia, into all the dysfunction. And he and helps he you walk and he, he helps us all walk, walk right out of it. And, um, and not just out of our situation. I love what you said. He gives us each, each, each person, he humanizes us and gives us each a chance to walk, walk right into eternal life. Um, so there is hope. There is hope. I mean, I know, I know one, one thing that we were struggling with is that uh, will a young person say, I'd rather slide into dystopia than put my, hope in something that might fail. Well, I finally can introduce you to a hope that will never fail, a hope that will never put you to shame, a hope that is everlasting, and it's in Jesus. And that is the most amazing thing to think about. Like in a place of hopelessness, I could have a hope that will never put me to shame, and and that's Jesus. Um, So Love it. Well, hey. oh, that's just one, one try. We gave it, we gave it a shot. We're going to try it again. Right, Bo? But yeah. Let me wrap us up here. A um, couple of things we need from you. One comment on our YouTube video, release the ape uh, YouTube page and let us know any other thoughts you'd have about John five, how to communicate contextually to a dystopian worldview. Do you like where we're going? Um, you know, let us know if you have other thoughts, let us know, let, let's create a conversation there. I think it'd be great. I'll also post this on the blog at releaseape.com if you'd rather comment there, but let's grow together. Um, yeah. Second thing is we're going to do another episode and we're going to get into another passage that Lynch and I've been talking about, do another one of these kind of like Bible breakdowns through the felt need of a dystopian worldview and how Jesus comes in and disrupts it. So if you liked this kind of episode, let us know that too. Like, Hey, bring us more, do it again. Cause we want to help you. We want to serve you. It, it's fun for us, but we want to help you think we want you to help us think. So let us know um, how we're doing, how we're connecting with you. Comments are the best way. Um, or you can always email us at bow at and let us know too. So feedback is good. God bless you. Um, please share this with your friends and subscribe on YouTube or on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever it's best for you to listen. Um, have a great day. Yep. Love you guys.